Blog Talk Radio. Tuned into another episode of Tula Tuesdays right here on Indie Fire with your girl Nakia. Guys, I'm exhausted. I don't know about you, but I am tired. Like I am, I am mentally and emotionally and physically tired. Like this would have been the perfect time for the co-host to to interrupt and be like Nakia. When aren't you mentally and physically and emotionally and 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 sexually and 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 like like Rich would have been the perfect one to to interrupt with all of that drama because he would you know you guys remember Rich right this he would have been the perfect one to interrupt with all of that rah 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 right but guys like for real like I am so drained I'm gonna back up like really quick and give, like, just an update, like we normally do, you know, we conversate before we get into the the good interview, Um, but as you all know, my son left on on early, early Monday morning, um, going to Fort Bliss, um, as he goes through the final preparations for his deployment um, to Kuwait, and and parents who have children in the military, and even spouses um, who have, um, you know, husbands and wives in the military, you know um, how tolling this can be on your emotional and mental um, state of mind. And, and, oh, my gosh, like, you know, it was one thing when he went to California last month. Um, this right here has just been, like, you know what I'm saying? Especially knowing that, like, tomorrow – we take my or Thursday. We take my daughter away to college as well. So like two blows in one week. Like how much can a parent take? You know, like you know. And in the meantime, I'm still working and and still running two businesses and still have like another child to get ready um, to go back to junior year in college and another child to um, start high school in two weeks and um. My emotions are all over the place right now, you know, and and I'm doing this all without wine, guys. I'm doing this all without wine, you know. I'm trying to do this sober, you know. <laughs> so I'm really just, you know, I'm really just just walking around like, you know, truly by the grace of God, you know, truly by the grace of God. But I will say that I had I had um, 
my two um, two women who mean the most to me here with me on Sunday. You know, you all who um, are fortunate enough to have your mothers and your grandmothers still in your lives, you know what I mean. These women are my motivational forces. They are the wings. Uh, the wind, I'm sorry, the wind beneath my wings, um, they keep me rooted. Um, they keep me grounded. They keep me focused. I had them here with me on Sunday. They drove after church. They drove hours to be here to make sure that my son received the proper send-off um, that he needed. Uh, because, you know, in each generation, you, you raise your children differently. Each generation raises their children differently. Um, but in each generation, you carry and you pass on what you've learned, you know, from your mother and what she learned from her mother. And so um, to be able to instill in him um, just so much and and to see that he's taken that with him um, or he'll be taking that with him to Kuwait. And I joked about it on Facebook, you know, to have both of them here. Trust and believe he will be anointed up down, oiled down when he leaves. And sure enough, before he loaded up, um, they were slapping the oil on him. So I know that uh, he's covered. Um, and, and they, they, as some of his unit passed him, they looked and they asked, you know, if they wanted um, prayer as well, you know. So a lot of those young men and women, um, they'll be covered. We had the opportunity to go to his mobilization ceremony on Friday and something that one of the, um, I don't know his correct title because there were so many speakers that they had, but one of the officers did um, four points that he wanted to instill in them, that they go over there and that they come back a better individual, a better, you know, better themselves while they were there, go back and become a more professional themselves while they were there, um, go back and learn something, like learn, you know, um, uh, take up something while you're there, study something while you're there, and grow stronger in your faith while you were there, you know, um, and you, got, you you may have a lot of downtime while you're there, so um, don't pollute your mind with so much, you know, other things that you can be polluting your mind with, um, grow stronger in your faith, and that was something that I wanted to impart in him, um, read, read your Bible, stay in the word, you know, and he, he just turned 25 on the fourth, but I wanted him to, um, you know, we were brought up on King James version, but I told him, find something that, you know, you can relate to. I don't want to say dummy it down, but, you know, if the thou and the thus and the those, if they don't make sense to you, you know, get the them and, you know, the we is and, you know, um, make it relatable to you so that you're feeding your spirit and, um, you know, so that it's it's covering you. We got you covered on this side, but, you know, you're going to need to be covered on that side as well. So those of you who can get a prayer up past the ceiling, you know, keep my son listed in your prayers. And as we have all of these children going back to school, you know, a lot of them started school on when yesterday, you know, from this moment forward and a little past Labor Day, kids will be going back to school from pre-K to college, you know, keep our youth lifted in your prayers. Um, we try not to stay focused, you know, on, on religion and politics around here, but I feel that it's so needed. Well, all that the country's going through, 
Um, and I, I want this platform to be that platform. Um, if it's going to get across, you know, I want this to be one of those platforms. So keep those ch- children, our youth, because they are the future, listed in your prayers as they uh, venture back to um, school this uh, fall as well as this winter. All right? You don't do that for yourself. Do that for me and mine. Right? And I know my guest today, um, she she got some stories of her own because I, you guys know how I do. I stalk people's pages. And she has four heartbeats of her own, um, her children. And I know that she has a college freshman. I know she has a high school senior um, and, and two more children. She'll talk about her kids very briefly. But her, her oldest uh, started college. I want to say it was today. Um, and so uh, we're going to keep him lifted in, in prayers as well. Because uh, like I said, I got a college freshman starting, and, and or she starts next week, but she goes to school on Thursday. Um, but I'm excited to have my guest here today. I met her, I want to say it was last month, through um, just, just you guys know how I feel about the uplifting of, of, um, of women, the motivating, the encouragement, the empowering, inspiring of women. And I met her in a Facebook group, I want to say it was last month. And this group, uh, we, we noticed something, you know, called like, like a train. Um, how women post links. I think they do it every single day. Maybe maybe every other post is, you know, post your, your Instagram link or your Facebook link, your YouTube link, and you get on like a follow train. But how instrumental are you really in the lives of women with these links? Are you really supporting them? Um, you know, once you click on a link, are you, are you following just to be, you know, get your numbers up? But are you really showing support, you know, um, what are you doing once you click on that link? Right? So someone mentioned, you know, maybe we should have like an engagement group on Facebook. I'm sorry, on Instagram. Once we click on that link um, and follow on Instagram, can we begin showing some type of engagement on on Instagram, engaging in, in these um, posts, um, being more visual, on, on their social media sites. You know, our presence needs to be seen a lot more, interacting more. You know, and the next thing I know, she wants to interview on the show, and I'm all with it, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so because I believe networking is, is more than just being able to click on the post, you know, liking the post, uh, following, it's more than, than, than just that, right? Um, and then just just reading about her story and learning more about the individual um, and actually finding out more um, of what she actually does, Um, an author, a motivational speaker, and a transformation coach um, brought me to a webinar that she actually has coming up um, this coming Saturday. So you never know the bonds that you begin to form just from clicking on a link in a group, right? I'm talking about my guest this evening, Ms. Ebony D. Thompson. She is a passionate author, a motivational speaker, and a transformation life coach. She has self-published 10 of her own books, which have sold across the country. Her collection of work includes poetry, inspirational devotionals, 
and self-help workbooks for women and youth. Ebony is also the co—I'm sorry, the founder, CEO of H&H Life and Visual Development, a consulting coach, coaching business for people who want to regain their power back and live the life and run the business that they have always dreamed of. Ebony also runs an empowerment group called Forever Beautiful. Her goal when working with women is to empower them to see, accept, love, and be the best them inside and out. She also leads by example. This October, Ebony will be releasing her 11th book entitled The Hustle Journey. It is her transparent autobiography of her battle with stage four breast cancer. When the workday is done, you can find Ebony enjoying her life with her four children and her dog, Zoe, in Southern California. IndieFire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, author and speaker, Ebony Thompson. <laughs> Uh, hi, 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 hi. I'm a, I'm a, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. How are you this evening? I am doing well. This afternoon. I'm doing very well, thank you. This afternoon. I'm, I'm, you're on the West Coast. It's afternoon over there. Yes, how are you? <laughs> yes, I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here. I know we've been interacting on social media um, and I didn't get a chance to talk to you before the show started, so um, you're like you're brand new to me. Um, uh, but I know you know we've been conversing back and forth through social media, so um, I'm right. I'm elated to to finally get the opportunity to to meet you and just you know pick your brain a little bit. But I want to get the, you know say in advance, thank you so much for being here with me this evening. You could have been anywhere, um, but I I just I thank you. Uh, just taking the time to be here with me um, on Indie Fire uh, with my listening audience uh, today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I definitely, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I don't take any opportunity um, lightly, so I definitely appreciate it. And I want to say um, congratulations to your son. I did see uh, you posted, I, I think it was earlier today, your son started college today. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm, after I posted it, I waited to after he left out the door to cry. I didn't want him. <laughs> I didn't want him to see me. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Like I just remember when he was little, like fresh, fresh, and bringing him home from the hospital, and to know that he's practically grown and in college. And then my oldest daughter started. um her senior year yesterday, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, where has where has time where has time went to? <laughs> so now you have four children. What do you have? I have one boy, which is my oldest son, um, and I have three girls: seventeen, ten, and six. <laughs> wow! And I have Very three busy. boys and one girl. <laughs> My son would probably definitely would love to be at your house instead of mine. <laughs> That's so sure. my daughter. Sure. My daughter is 18. She starts college on 
she starts on Monday, but like I said, we take her on um, Thursday. So I'll be gone until we leave Thursday morning, move in Thursday, and then I'll be gone until Thursday night. No, I'm sorry, Monday night, Monday night. I told her, mm-hmm. I said, I'm, I'm taking you to college, and I'll be there on, I took you into kindergarten, and, you know, I dropped you off the first day of school from kindergarten up until well, actually, K-3 until, you know, your 12th grade year. So I will be there to take you, you know, to school, your first day of college. I'm going to sit in class all day, and I'll be there, you know, for the afternoon to, to pick you up. And she's looking at me like, Mom, for real? And, and I'm like, you know, no, we're just going to be there, you know, we're going to be there in the city until, you know, your day is over with. Make sure you had a good day, and then we'll go home. Right. But um, you know, as as the only girl, um, oh, I'm yeah. gonna stick. You know, but I'm super oh, excited. Yeah. When my oldest went away to college, you know, I I didn't cry um, at all. But, but but what was ironic was as we prepared to, you know, drop him off on Sunday night on Facebook, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of his items. Like all of his, all of his, his luggage and you know all of his tins and his tubs and everything. I, I guess seven years ago we dropped him off at college, and so mm-hmm. that was my Facebook reminder on Sunday. And I never cried oh, when I dropped wow. him off at college. And so I broke down on Sunday. Um, I guess it hit me like seven years later. Like it hit me um, that you know, like I dropped him off at school seven years ago, and then he's he's leaving. You know, seven years later, and that's when it hit me. Like all the tears just came out of nowhere, and so um, I know it. Yeah, yeah. But I wish you know both of your, well, all of your children. You know, uh, best of luck this year. Um, but especially that one that Thank started, you. you know, her senior year, and your son starting, you know, um, his freshman year in college. Those are monumental moments. They really are. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. So when did you um, when did you first know that you wanted to be an author? Um, when I was young, like probably like five, um, was crazy. And people were like, "How do you know?" Like back then, that you wanted to be an author. Well, I was the only child for like eight years. Me and my sister, and it's only me and my sister, we're eight years apart. So like, I had a lot of alone time by myself. And so I used to play school with, um, I used to be the teacher instead of being a student <laughs> with my Barbies and my baby dolls. But I used to get notebooks before I could even, like, knew even how to spell. And I would be writing, and I'd be like, my name is, <laughs> and I used to present it to, like, my mom or my dad. And I'm like, this is my book, because I'm, I'm go- I called it a book writer. I didn't know the proper mm-hmm. name when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want to be a book writer. I want to be a book writer. And so it always stuck with me, like, as I was younger. Um, And then, of course, life happened. And so as life happened, it kind of, like, you know, it it was still there, but I didn't know how to, like, make it come into fruition. So, um, but, yeah, ever since I was younger, like, I've always liked to write. I was always interested in books. I was always reading and I loved how reading would take me to another element. Like, it would take me away from, you know, because I was, like I said, I was only child for eight years. So I had plenty of alone time. So it would take me to 
just reading would take me to other places. So I wanted to be that person to take people to other places when they read. So, yeah. That's funny. I've so many authors on the show this year, and they all have different um, starting points or areas from where they started. And mm-hmm. and you think, oh, oh, yeah, that's a cute story. None of them I can really relate to. I can relate to that one. I can so relate because I'm an only child, and I remember all of those moments because um, mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of imaginary friends growing up, you know, as an only child. I forgot all about them, but I had, I had all of those moments um, of playing by myself or playing with the dollies and um, writing, writing the books. And because I, I eventually, and I've been saying this for the longest, like I want to put all of my thoughts on, on paper and bring them, you know, to life through books. I just can't find enough time to do so. Um, but <laughs> that's the, the, the greatest starting point right there is to be able to remember, you know, those those times. And, um, gosh, that just brought up so many memories right there. Um, because I, I think that if someone were to ask me that question, that would be that would be my answer. Like, I need to take notes in these interviews. Um uh, because yeah, because I think that's where yeah, stolen idea. I'm gonna have to start um, you know, notating where I get my ideas from. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was yeah, just I used to just write all the time, and so and, you yeah. know, because you know, you get you and your imaginary friends, like you know, <laughs> even in my little handwriting, it would be the adventures of whatever me and that imaginary friend at the moment would be doing or what in my head would do. And I was just, and so like my love for just writing and just wanting to be able to share those um, adventures with people when I was younger, that's what, you know, it's what really stuck to me. So how do we progress from um, younger Ebony to um, self-published author Ebony of ten books. Um, well, what's what's crazy is because um, one of my best sister friends, she actually writ, wrote and published a book, and I was like, well, I was so impressed, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, because in my head, you know, I didn't know anything prior to that about self-publishing. So my thing was you had to go out, and that was was crazy because um, not too long before I knew that she was doing it, I was like googling how to get like a literary agent and how to get published, and you know it was like about this long drawn out process, and I was like, well, you know, God, if you give me the chance, I'll do it, and it was just one of those thoughts, just you know, I meant it, but I didn't really mean it type deal. And so when I found out she had done it, like, I was very, very, I was very, very, um, very, very excited and had a lot of questions. Um, And she was very willing, which I love her to death. Shout out to Martina Young. Um, She was very willing to tell me, like, you know, the process of going through with self-publishing and all of that kind of stuff. So, 
um, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do it. And so I set a date in my head, and I was like, I'm going to do it. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to write about, but I knew that um, I wanted to write this, write this book. So as time went on, my very first book was called Forever Beautiful, The Love Edition. And it is my testimony, because um, uh, I went through some, some stuff, and I would always write poetry. Poetry was my, started to be my getaway. Um, just like um, like if someone went to the beach or any something like that, poetry started to become my getaway, and so it was my collection of poems um, that pretty much told my inner story, all wrapped in one. And so I collected all of those, had them edited, and I self-published that book. And the feeling. I got, it was like birthing the moment I birthed my son. When I got that piece of work in my hand, the physical copy in my hand, and I opened that package, I just cried and I cried. Because it was like a sense of accomplishment. You know, you don't have too many people that can say that they're authors. You know, especially like my, my family, you know, nobody was ever really thinking about writing a book. So for me to sit there and actually be able to to achieve such a big big accomplishment it was like wow I did it and for me that kind of set off a um a flame if I can do that then I can do anything and so from (laughs) there um I from that I was like that's like that book gave me superpowers or something (laughs) and from there from there, I, I wrote that one, um, and so I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can do it again. Um, and so I did another one. I did another uh, – I wrote another book, which was an inspirational read, because I'm all about empowering people. That, that that little ebony still there, except it was like instead of taking them on my – me and imaginary – me and my imaginary friend journey – it was, let me take them on a journey to make them feel better. You know, people deal with bad all day long, negative all day long. Let me be that that sense of light for some people and get them to think. You know, I love to make people think. I'm very inquisitive. I like, I like, I like to think and I like for people to start thinking. So um, from there I did that, and I've just been writing, writing, writing ever since. Your first book of poetry, was it, um, was it, was it short? Was it, was it 10 poems? Was it, was it 20 poems? Was it, did you say, I want to do just enough to be able to get this feeling out of me? Was it, did you give yourself, you know, some authors give themselves 10,000 words, some authors give themselves 5,000 words, did you set you know, I, I have uh, 10 days to get this done. What type of deadline did you give yourself to get this done, to be able to push and get this out, to give yourself that sense of accomplishment? Um, For me, because I, I had a whole lot. I had a, I had a ton of poems because it was poems I had collected over, um, like, over years since. Because uh, I had been writing since, like, high school. Uh, okay. And so, um. First, I prayed about it. I had prayed about okay. the title. I prayed about the cover. 
Um, and so I was like, well, I, I Googled a lot. How many poems should go in a book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many pages should be in a book? And, um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to stop Googling because I'll be up all night with Google. And, but, um, so I prayed about it and the number 40 kept popping up. The number 40 kept popping up, 40, 40. So that's what I did. I put 40 of what I considered was my best work um, in there, and that's how I got the poems in there. So it was 40 of them. And also, I didn't want to cheat my audience who got the book. So, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to pay, like, $10 for a book. That's at the time, that's how I said the book cost. Um, I didn't want to pay $10 for the book and read five poems or 20 poems and be done. Um, so I felt like 40 would be substantial, even if they read them all in one day or they spread them out. Um so I was like, okay, well, 40, I think 40 would be a good number. And the book wasn't too thin. It was just right. And so I was like, 40 will do. And, and it turned out very well. It it sold way more than I thought it would. And it was just like, wow, I did it. When you sit down to write a story, um, do you know how it's going to end? Never. I just write. I just write. Um, for me, it is, um, when it comes to writing now, I'm very, I'm very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So, like, even in my head, like, I can, I can see and I can sense kind of, how everything's going to play out, but I start and I write, you know, what I may want to write, you know, God may want me to put something else in there. So I, I write and write and write until it is to say stop. The guy says stop. So sometimes it's like I can see the end and I can sense how it's going to end, but for the most part it's, very strategic, and I just write. I just go, 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 go until uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to stop. So do you use an outline when you write, or do you just write? You just go with the flow? Um, I just pretty much go with the flow. This book recently is the first, the the new book coming out, is the first time I actually sat down and did an outline, um, chapter for chapter. Um, but mm-hmm. how I really do, like, when I when it goes to writing, I always get the cover first. I always, because I, um, I design all my covers. Um, and so um, I do, I see in my head, I see the cover first. And the cover inspires me to know what I'm going to put in the book. Really? And so once the cover, yes, I do it backwards. I'm, I'm totally backwards. Uh, well, most people like, you know, now I got the story written, and now I got to, um, you know, now I'll do the cover. I'm the total opposite. I see and do, um, I see the book first. I see the cover. I design the cover. Once the cover's done, then the inspiration for the um, 
the words and everything come? The cover and the title or just the cover? The cover and the title. The cover and the title comes first. And then from there, um, uh, the words come. Wow. How do you stay totally back? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I wouldn't say backwards. I would say it's whatever works for you. Now, I think mm-hmm. uh, in writing, I know that your 11th book is, um, as your bio stated, is your autobiography. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that nobody's able to tell your story better than you're able to tell your story. Um, and I don't think um, whether the cover came first or the title came first or the story came first, um, it wouldn't matter um, mm-hmm. with this one. Um, but how do you how do you stay focused and not get distracted with telling? And I'm, I'm speaking on this story in particular, your, your autobiography, knowing all that you've gone through. Um, battling, I'm sorry, overcoming stage four breast cancer. How do you stay focused um, and telling the story and not um, allowing uh, the words that you're putting down to overtake you, um, knowing all that you've Um, gone through? Well, for me, it was, um, it's definitely been a process because this is very different because, like I said, you know, usually I write poetry. I'm writing, like, inspirational stuff um, to empower others. Right. Um, where, where this was um, very different but not too different because even through my process, it is, as I tell my story, I'm hoping that it empowers others. It's still well. uplifting. Exactly. Know, even exactly. though, even though um, it's talking about, you know, my diagnosis and how dealing with cancer is, um, it may not be cancer for some for some people. For some, it may be depression. For some, it may be grief. For mm-hmm. some, it may just be. You know, whatever whatever life obstacle in, is in its way, if you remove the title of the obstacle, you still have somebody going through a process. Right. And so for me to stay disciplined, it was very, very hard because, one, I'm a very private person. So for me to be as transparent as I was with this book was very, very hard. Um, but what kept me kept me going was somebody needs to hear this because it may just save their life. So even when I was going through and I was, as I was typing, you know, I'll be ready to just throw the computer on the other side of the room because I didn't want to relive certain memories. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to relive like some of the stuff that I was going through. I actually typed through the tears. Like, it was moments where I was just typing and crying, typing and crying, typing and crying. But as I was typing and crying, it's still in the back of my head was there's somebody 
that needs to see this. There's somebody that needs to hear your story because it's something you're going to help somebody. This is going to help somebody. And that's what kind of kept me grounded and not tear tear of my computer. (laughs) And so um, it was definitely a process because, like I said, it was very transparent moments and 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 try and reliving and rehashing through those and and so you know I would write because um, I, I my creative brain has its own light switch so it seems to turn on around ten o'clock at night or later and so when it when it would switch on I would just grab a computer most of the time my kids would be asleep and so I wouldn't have to worry about nobody coming in mommy I'm hungry. Uh, Mom, I want to go here. Can you get me an Uber here or anything mm-hmm. like that? <laughs> so I would, um, I would just sit down and I would write. I would just sit down and write, whether it was through tears or whether it was through frustration or whatever. I just kept writing because it was always in the back of my head. Somebody's going through a process. Somebody needs this information as they go through the process. And that was a big part of writing it because, like I said, everybody's going through something or they've been through something. And we always hear the, we always hear, hear the end. We hear the beginning, we hear the end. Oh, I went through depression or I went through cancer. By the grace of God, you know, I got through. Yes, by the grace of God, you did get through. But we see the outcome. We don't see mm-hmm. the process a lot of the time. And even right. whether it's in life or whether it's in business, it's the process where we lose people. It's going through the journey of it all is where we lose the most people the most. So if I can help people through the process to get to the other end, even if it's one, I feel like I've done what I'm supposed to do by writing this book. Hey, now, what's good? It's your girl, Jana Blackwell, C-Town Records, Mistress of Soul, and you're on the air with the hottest independent station, Indie Fire, with your host, Nakia, giving you that heat right here on the station, bringing you all of the hottest hip-hop hits, Indie Fire. You're just tuning in. You're live right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia. On Two Lit Tuesdays with uh, my special, special guest, author, speaker, and transformation coach, Miss Ebony Thompson from Southern California. What part of California are you in? I actually live in Woodland Hills. Um, probably like okay. 45 minutes from uh, LAX or so. All right. All right. So the, the, the earthquake uh, last month, did they affect you at all? <laughs> oh yes, and my my mom was out. My mom was in Kentucky, and so the first oh, one wow. we had, we were outside. <laughs> we were just outside talking, and next thing you know, she was like, "I thought I was like going through like some, you know, like some syncope, you know, like some vertigo or something." And then yeah. so she was like, "No, the person's um." The the person that, that lived behind me, their shades were shaking. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she was like, uh-uh, we got to go in the house now. But then the <laughs> second one is the one that 
really got me. And poor thing, she was outside talking on the phone, and um, I was I felt it, and I was like, oh boy, she came in, she was shook. She said, uh, uh-uh, I'm ready to go. To- <laughs> I'm ready to go now. <laughs> She was ready to get back on the plane after that second one. She was like, uh-uh, I cannot do this. Yes. My 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 kids, the two that I was just talking about, both of them were in California. My daughter was in um, Anaheim um, for a high school national competition that she has to complete for a week. And my son was in Fort Irwin. My daughter calls me. Oh. She's like, Mom, there's, a, there's an earthquake. And I'm like, all right, sure, whatever. And she's like, no, mom, the hotel is telling us to evacuate to the lobby. And I'm like, oh, wow. girl, whatever. And she's like, no, mom, for real, I'm not joking. So, I'm, you know, in the meantime, I'm Googling everything. And I'm like, oh, okay, yes, there is. And she's like, yeah, we're going down 11 flights of stairs now. And I'm like, just listen, you know, to the announcements, go to the lobby. Meantime, I'm, I'm texting my son, like, you know, is everything all right? He's like, yeah, it's just an earthquake. You know, he's all laid back, like, you know, every, nothing bothers him. <laughs> Well, the second one where it actually really affected him, he's like, yeah, mom, like, this is the second earthquake. I'm not feeling this over here. <laughs> my daughter oh, yeah. wants to live That's in Cali. That's like, Yeah, my daughter who wants to live in Cali, you know, when she's done with school, is like, yeah, you know, I don't I don't think I'm really for the earthquakes, you know. I, I want to live here, but I don't think I'm up for these earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm I took a lot of the first one, the first one, we was okay. That second one, I was like, I was starting to question. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Then my mom was joking. She was like, you know what? California just could not take having two of your kids there at the same time. That's all it was. You know, they wasn't ready for two of your kids. And I thought, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> founder and CEO of um, H&N Life and Visual Development. Um, what was the mission at the outset of you starting your company? Um, well, um, part of it is mainly like the whole life coaching. So um, over the years, like I've been, I think I have this, this stamp across my head of people. People will tell me any and everything about their life. I could be in the grocery store. I could be um, washing clothes or whatever. And I find myself engaging and, and just talking to these people about, you know, just life in general. Um, I actually found myself yesterday in the line at Walmart picking up last-minute school stuff, having a conversation with this lady, just and I didn't exchange numbers and just everything. She was just you know, she was telling me about her life and all of this good stuff. And um, but it's always been like that. You know, my I would be somewhere and I could be somewhere with my mom or my kids, and they'd be like, "Do you know that person?" Like, nope, just met him. And so, I just always wanted to be that positive um, reinforcement for people. Um, like I said, I just always want to be that light of hope. And so my whole thing with um, just going through my own individual challenges in life, and especially like now, it's always, you know, we dream, but especially like as adults, we life happens and we give up on our dreams. You know, like even like when before I, I published my first book, it was publishing was a dream. 
writing a book was a dream, let alone really being published. And so I always wanted people to feel that feeling for me. Now, it may not be publishing a book, but it may just be, you know, they want to take a real vacation or they want to change careers and stuff like that. So that um, that feeling and wanting to really service people is what brand, what made me go into life coaching and um, which opened up doors to, uh, for, for my business. And so it's really been, we've really been doing really well. Um, I have two parts. I have the life part and the business part. Um, the business part is more for like visual branding and people who want to, you know, brand their brand their business uh, the right way. Um, um, and then, of course, life with, you know, we deal with, you know, time management, goal setting, mindset, um, finance, and a lot of important important things that you have to go through in order to get to the next level in life. So that all of those bunched in together, like really just was the foundation of uh, H&H, which stands for Hustle and Heels. That's, that's like the name that a lot of friends, my friends gave me because I'm known for my shoes. Uh, so, and I'm always hustling. So Hustle and Heels, and then I was like, okay. And from there we got the business. So um, what individual services do um, you offer? Um, okay, I do one-on-one coaching. I offer one-on-one. Um, I offer group coaching. Uh, I do um, a lot of it. Most of it is, like, online. Everything is pretty much online. I do offer some stuff on, um, like, a face-to-face basis, but it's really just here in, like, California. Um, I do go into schools and um, schools and things with uh, youth to, like, speak to them. I do speaking engagements and workshops and conferences. A lot of them are customized to whatever the personal, the individual person needs or the the individual group needs. Uh, but right now, that is our my main one. It's one-on-one group coaching and speaking. Is your company active in the community? I am becoming more active in the community. Um, when I was doing a lot of it back home in Kentucky, I was very, very active um, in the community um, there, and it was mainly um, surrounded by the youth. Uh, back home in Kentucky, I was a youth minister. And so back there, um, I was, you know, I, that was home, so I was in, I knew who to connect with. So here it's been like seeing who to connect with, seeing who to really branch off into things. And if I can't find anybody to connect with, I'm I'm very bold. So I will get out and I'll do it myself. I d I don't need anybody. I don't I don't need that. I will get out and I'll do it myself. Um but back home I was very um very, very um active in the community. Like I said, um we did I did a um workshop that I'm looking to actually bring here. It was called Netflix and Chill. Um, mm-hmm. that's when that whole Netflix and chill mo- movement was going on with kids and right. people where they really wasn't watching Netflix. 
And so the right. basis of that was um, the um, we talked about relationships. Because when I did my research, what was crazy was um, 45% of the relationships between the ages of 15 and 17, there was domestic violence going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was astounding numbers. And that was like a study that was done in like 2008, I believe. And I did this mm-hmm. conference like in 2014. So for me, I'm just like, we talk about domestic violence. And we think the first thing you think is first off we think about is somebody getting punched or hit and we always think about an adult woman. Right. But we're not thinking right. about these young young girls that are going through it. And so, um, I had someone to come and they um she was a mental health she's a mental health therapist, um, one of my really, really good friends back home. She came and she she did that part about what a healthy relationship looked like. We we separated the young men from the young girls for a while. I had an awesome speaker. Um, um, I had an awesome speaker from. He's actually in Chicago right now. His name is Michael Butler. He did the. Um, he has an awesome clothing line called Kings Arise. He did. Um, he talked to the young men, and that's what the session was called, Kings Arise. And he talked about you know, the, the importance of being a young man and, like, the and all that kind of stuff. He did an excellent job. And then my friend Martina, she did um, did the young ladies. She did identity uh, with the young ladies. Um, and then, like I said, the mental health person, She her name is LaShonda Fletcher. She did that, what a healthy relationship looked like. And then we came back together. And we talked about different um, different aspects of domestic violence. Me and um, uh, one of my really really good friends, Sharita, we talked about you know the, what domestic violence was, and you know she talked about how um, she went through it, and and then I talked about you know some of the stuff that I went through. We talked about you know domestic violence isn't always hitting; it's verbal mental, right. emotional, all of these kind of abuses and we and the impact that it has had on the the kids then it is you know, they're still they was like, Oh, are you gonna do it again? So, um that was just something that I did back home. Um I was um I was part of a youth group that met every Saturday, um, that, you know, was getting the kids in the inner cities off the street, and we would talk about different goals, and we had different topics for them. Um, I threw a lot of events for kids and, you know, gave back. And then one year, instead of doing backpacks, we did hygiene packs with mm-hmm. soap, lotion, <laughs> deodorant, you know, little, little small mm-hmm. stuff that they could just put in their backpack in case they needed throughout the day or if they just needed it in general. So I was very active in the community, and I definitely missed that. Um <laughs> Excuse me. I am definitely looking into getting and doing more of that. So out here, um, where I am now, because you know, I I love I love you. They are they are my heartbeat. <laughs> um, besides my kids, you know, I have a lot of quote unquote adopted kids from all over. They call me mom, and you know, it's it's really just to you know hear them out, and I love giving back to them because we have to invest in them because. 
they're who's going to be taking care of us and taking care of this world tomorrow. That's and, right. Oh, so we need to invest in them as much as possible so that, you know, we can we can at least look forward to the future instead of agonizing, agonizing it. <laughs> That's right. I see a lot of um, men and women, women, <laughs> men and women. Now, I don't want to say <clears throat> jumping on the bandwagon, um, but a lot of the ones that I do see who have attached the name um, life coach or transformation coach to their name, um, and I do take the time to um, invest. Um, mm-hmm and the knowledge of what they're saying, um, I don't find a lot of the information that they've been taught um, or what they've taken the time to learn about themselves um, to be Mm -hmm. very informative. I don't know where they gained their Mm -hmm. information from, their knowledge from. Um, uh, I feel like they've, um, they're wasting a lot of people's time. Um, Mm-hmm. There are only a few mm-hmm. that I have um, listened to and actually have been able to obtain, you know, a lot, you know, the information that they have given has been very beneficial. Either you know what you're speaking of or you don't. It's mm-hmm. that cut and dry. Um, right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> not to bad talk anyone, not going to name drop most definitely, but um, it's either you're in it um for the right reason or you're not. And um, right. and I think that's, that's across the board with a lot of um, professions. Um, you either need to mm-hmm. be in it for the right reason or you don't. And I think that's, that's one reason that, that drew me to you, especially when I heard, you know, read about your story. Um, what do you think is the most interesting, and I'm going to say trend, um, with becoming a transformation life coach? Why do you think people find it so trendy? Um, one, and this is just being totally honest, because um, a lot of people out here, they're hungry. They're hungry and they're desperate and they're looking mm-hmm. for something. The sad thing about it is a lot of people are using that as a way to monetize and get rich. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for me to attack life coach. And because really you don't have to have a certification. You don't have to go to school and spend all this money on tuition or anything in order to call yourself a life coach. All you got to do is say, I'm a life coach now, slap it on a business card and start giving it out. <laughs> Whereas, and and I've and I've seen a lot of people I've seen a lot of people do it. I've I've looked at webinars, people's webinars, I've you know, I've attended even some people's classes and they're telling me stuff but they're going around the bush going around the bush because you want me to buy your course for six hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You're not really talking to me. If I wanna do mm-hmm. that now granted a life coach is not a therapist. We're mainly there just to do just that coach and guide and open up your eyes and enlighten you to um, different ways of life or whatever we're, uh, whatever we're supposed to be doing. 
It's like a coach on a basketball or basketball court. You know, you may not know how to shoot a free throw, but that's why I'm there. I'm there to show you how to hold the ball, where to stand, right. how to pivot your arm, and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what we do for life. The thing is, I believe as a life coach, you need to have some experience. If I'm putting my son, like if my son wanted to play basketball, why would I send him to a school with a basketball coach who's never coached in his life? He has no life experience. He has no life experience. <coughs> All he has is some fancy college degree. That's that's mm-hmm. perfectly, I mean, that's cool for other people, but not for me and mine. And right. a lot of people, I, I think what it is is it's a trend because now I can monetize it. And, and now that you are in the world of social media, all I got to do is I can make myself look good, um, you know, on on a, on these platforms and make it seem that I have knowledge. They can buy my course and then, you know, they're not quote-unquote fixed or they don't get what they want. Oh, uh, well, they'll buy another course. And now they've spent thousands and thousands of dollars with me but yet they're they're no they're no step further than they were. For me, um, that's not what I wanted. When I do one on ones, I actually I actually do them. It's not me passing it off to somebody. It's not me creating a course and saying here, go do that or whatever. It's me actually sitting down and talking to them. Now, granted, I am certified. I went through the whole certification process. So, granted, I am certified. But even with being certified, I come with a lot of um, personal knowledge. Like I have a lot of personal, um, I have a lot of personal experience. So coming with from with a lot of personal experience, and then education, um, my own education, educational background, and then the certification, and. And I'm willing to listen. I'm listening to the person. It, it plays it plays a, a big, 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 big part in it all. So it's a trend because now I, I, they can make money. They can um, – it sounds fancy. And then they can boost their ego all on social media and wherever. But how long mm. is that going to last? If you're going to be yeah. in it, be in it to win it and be in it for the long haul. For me, this is not some fancy thing that I want to do for 90 days or two years, two or three years. This is something that I'm I'm doing for the rest of my life. I can see myself doing it for the rest of my life. You know, this is a business that, you know, um, I can see probably even passing down to my kids if that's something that they choose to do. But this is something that I always want to do because um, for me, this is – it it's it's not about me, and I think that's the big separation. A life, mm-hmm. a real life coach, it's not about them. It's not about them. It's about the it's about the client, which mm-hmm. is how it should be. Now, granted, the money's right. gonna come, and and for me too, I also believe that it's a calling. Like a teacher, I feel like in these days, a teacher is a calling. You oh, gotta yes. be called yes. to these kids. Yes. Uh, <laughs> customer service. You need to be called to deal with some of these customers that call coming to yes. the job and calling on the phone. And so for me, it's no different than um, for me. I believe it's also a calling um, to be able to 
to be that coach, to be on that, you know, I like I tell I tell my clients, I'm your biggest cheerleader. I'm I'm and I'm always gonna be your biggest cheerleader, but I'm also probably gonna be your biggest critic because I give it to you raw and real. I may hurt your feelings sometime along the way, but know that I'm really doing it in love because I wanna see the best for you. If you told me this is what your goal is, this is the goal to get to, this is this we're gonna cross the finish line and we're gonna cross it together. So All right. What is the last thing that you learned? The last thing I learned was me. Um, And I say that um, because going through, and I'm still currently going through um, my treatments and everything, um, I call it my situation because I don't claim it. Uh, um, dealing with the cancer, um, I had to relearn who I was. Um, and for me, that was the hardest thing because what do you do? How do you look for something that's lost that you didn't realize was lost? And I didn't realize how, like, my day-to-day life and being busy um, I lost myself in all of that. So just going through the process, I've had to relearn Ebony and the Ebony that God wants me to be. So I'm, I'm learning to not only love the physical, the new physical me, um, but learning um, to love my flaws and Love. I'm learning like the different um, elements of myself, um, different creative points that I didn't know was there, or or that have you know came up and appeared, and or that I thought was lost, and now they're coming back up. My love for you know my love for reading, my love for doing puzzles, and my love for life has definitely changed, and so. In that, I've had to relearn me, and it has been a journey, but it has one that has been so appreciated because not only can I I use this to better myself, but I can help this to incorporate my clients who may be going through um, that same challenge of relearning and learning themselves, and so... I love it. I love the new Ebony. <laughs> She's a beast. <laughs> All right. Now, what is the last thing that you taught someone? Last thing I taught someone. Uh, what was it? Oh, a couple of weeks ago, my six-year-old. <laughs> uh, we were teaching her, um, she's learning, she's going to first grade. So it's teaching her how to um, read first grade words. And so sitting down, because she, she's, a, she's my showstopper. All my kids have their own element, but this one right here, she's my showstopper. She would rather um, put on a performance and sit down and read. So, but we, we put, we, um, 
we changed well, how we did it was how I ended up doing it is I turned it into like a production and we changed, we turned the words into songs so that she would know how to spell them and identify them and learn how to read them. So that's, that's been a biggie, but I've, I didn't know I had that in me. I didn't have to come up with songs, <laughs> come up with songs on the spot to teach her to have that. But now she goes around singing them all the time, so I guess it did work. <laughs> huh. I don't know how you're going to answer this question, but um, taking the last thing that you taught someone and the last mm-hmm. thing that you learned, combine those two elements. And say we have someone that's listening on the show right now, and they say, mm-hmm. I've listened to everything that she said. I'm an upcoming, you know, author, or maybe they're an up-and-coming motivational speaker, or maybe they mm-hmm. dibbled with the thought of possibly becoming a transformation life coach. Mm-hmm. Taking those two elements, what piece of advice could you offer that person with those two elements that you just learned or you just taught? Mm-hmm. What piece of advice would you offer that person to say, hey, this is what you need to do to take your career to the next level, step out in faith, and make it happen. First, I would tell them, learn you. Get to know you. Get to know yourself. Not that superficial self that we show, that we show everybody else. Not all the time what you put on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all your social media. But get alone by yourself. Be as transparent with yourself as possible. Um, look in the mirror a lot. Journal a lot. Learn yourself. You know, um, get to know yourself. Get deep down inside. Soul search. Know yourself and then be creative. Take what you've learned about yourself and be creative and come up with ways to be able to, to come across to an audience, to to be able to speak to them, to come across, to be, take that information that you learned about yourself, come up with creative ways to build a product or to talk to clients or to advertise the clients. Take that, take what you've learned, turn it into a creative way to come up with a title or to come up with a story of a book. It doesn't necessarily have to be an autobiography. It could be a children's book. It could be an inspirational read. It could be a fiction book. Whatever it is, come up with a creative way of how you, um, what you've learned um, about yourself, and then put it into your career to take everything that you want to do to the next level. There you have it. I'm going to now open the floor up to you, Ebony, so that you can go ahead and get all of your contact information out to those who may be listening live. If they're interested in purchasing any of your books, if they're interested in speaking to you for any um, consultation information, any coaching um, information, if they want to, I don't know if you have any spots available for the webinar this Saturday, but if they want um, any future information um, for whatever their business needs may be that they're listening live now or if they come back and listen to any of the playback shows, the floor is now yours to get your contact information out. Okay. Um, well, um, I am on most 
if not all social media platforms. Uh, my business page on Facebook is Hustle and Heels. Um, my Instagram is Ms. MZ Hustle and Heels 15. Um, so they can reach out to me on there. Also, um, I have a website. The website is H N as in Nancy H um, Life and the letter N Vision dot com. Um, a lot of my information, follow information is on there. I do have, um, I had to extend it out, so I did open up at least a couple more seats for the webinar uh, this Saturday. So if they're interested, they can just um, reach out to me on those sites or go to uh, my website to, um, to uh, sign up for the webinar. Also, um, the book, my book, is called The Hustle Journey. It is coming out, and it is being released on October the 15th. Um, Pre-order sales will uh, start September the 15th, which is my birthday. (laughs) So um, I'll be doing starting pre-order sales. And all my other books are on Amazon and working right now to – get those to where we're going to put them all on the site and they will be able to order personally from me. All right. You heard that information. I will try to remember important dates like September 15th pre-order. We will try to do something with Ebony like we did with Chanel as far as, um, a book giveaway or several book giveaways um, for the book to be released in October. Um, That's the hustle journey. That is her autobiography. Um, Also, she didn't announce this, but there is an Instagram giveaway for the um, the 1,000 follower Instagram giveaway. Um, Her Instagram, again, is M-Z-H-U-S-T-L-E-N-H-E-E-L-Z-1-5. That's Instagram, so I think she's probably at like nine twenty right now. So when she hits a thousand, yes, it's gonna be a giveaway. Yes, when she yes. hits a thousand, it's gonna be a giveaway. So you might wanna head over there now and start following her. Yes, right? make sure that you're following. <laughs> give it stuff away, y'all. We know we like giveaways, all right? Make sure that you're following <laughs> the show on all Insta, uh, on, on, on all social media platforms. That's Indie Fire, E N D I E F I Y A. Um, be on the lookout for the back-to-school giveaway. It's going to be posted on this Friday. Can't tell you what it is. Just be on the lookout. Um, it will be posted again this Friday on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, make sure you're following uh, me on all social media platforms, The Girl in Motion, G-R-L-N-M-O-T-I-O-N. No show this Thursday. We're headed to college, remember? Um, tune in Yay. next Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. Next Tuesday, the 20th, with R&B and neo-soul artist Miss Chanel J. Wilson will be here at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then back here on next Thursday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be here with um, host, let me see, publicist and uh, speaker Rosalind L. All right? So if you can't make them all, please don't miss them all. Thank you again. Uh, Ebony, for joining us again this evening. Once you're Thank on the you show, this 
You're welcome back at any Thank time. You. So we know that we're going to have you back sometime at the end of the year to talk about this this new book, The Hustle Journey. As always, I want to leave you with a quote, uh, poetry, plays, novels, music. They are the cry of the human spirit, trying to understand itself and make sense of our world. That's L.M. Elliot. Until next Tuesday, you guys have a good night. <laughs>